Welcome all you plus two comedy modifiers and all you stay doomed grave robbers to part two of the Slash Fiction World Championships Online 2. This is the professional round featuring contestants having to write something based on your suggestion. So what you're going to see is I'm going to bring in all of the professional round uh, writers. They are then going to spin a big wheel to find out what they're writing about. Then it'll be seamless for you on YouTube, but about an hour passes, and then they present their brand new adult fan fiction. So please enjoy the adult fan fiction world champion. All right, so I've sent out the request. Uh, our first contestant in the pro round was one of the co-winners of the amateur round last time here on the world championship of adult fan fiction. She is also your co champion of CPW. Katie V is here. What's up, Katie? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hopefully everybody else can as well. Thank you so much for joining me. You did so well that we had to have you back and have you in the pro round. Thank you. Let me, I have headphones in, but the stream well the stream oh oh that's going to be confusing yeah that's going to be like a voice jammer okay all good now all right katie so let me pull up the wheel are you guys ready where's the wheel oh my god where's the wheel all right so you know the rules of the wheel correct i do yes all right then we are going to as soon as i find my mouse we're going to spin the wheel oh my god that is so many topics. <laughs> yeah, there's so many topics. Yu-Gi-Oh! First thing to come up was Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Alright, we'll spin the wheel again. We'll spin again. And your second choice is Double Dare. Double Dare, oh my god. So you can either do Yu-Gi-Oh! Double Dare, or we can spin again. The choice is yours. I just banged my funny uh, bone. <laughs> I think I have to go with Double Dare. Gonna go with Double Dare. Katie will be doing Double Dare. Katie, best of luck. Anything to say before you go? Uh, I have anxiety. That's all. <laughs> all right, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. All right, we're going to get someone else up on the line. Our next contestant was in the pro round last time. Uh, he was representing Flying V Theater. He is also a nerdcore musician, and he should be getting on in any second. I thought this system would work. Oh, uh, the, anticipata the anticipation. <laughs> the anticipation. There he is. Get it for Navi. Navi, this set looks amazing. It's great to see you, Navi. How you feeling? Safe again. Are you wearing a shower cap? No. <laughs> what is what is on your head? Beads. Oh, all right. A cloth. No, and elastic. All right. Apparently, no one can hear you. So I'm going to see if I can turn you up at all. Should I talk louder? That could work. Did that help? Am I? Hearable now. You are now hearable. You are now Wonderful hearable. News. Hello again, Noah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here on the show. Get you know how this works. Are you ready to spin the wheel? 
Absolutely. All right, Navi, we're spinning the wheel. The first suggestion is Kill Bill. Oh. Yeah. And then we spin again. Uh, the second choice is Brett Michaels' Rock of Love bus. So you got Kill Bill, you got Brett Michaels' Rock of Love bus, or you could spin the wheel again. I'm going to kill Bill. Gonna go with Kill Bill? Absolutely. Kill Bill, Navi, best of luck to you. Anything to plug before you go? Kill Bill. Kill <laughs> It's a great film. <laughs> All right. Let me get another person here on the line. That should be... So we got Kill Bill and Double Dare. Talk about two different ends of the uh, spectrum. Uh, next coming up from the pro round, she is a stand-up comedian. She is currently in Brooklyn. It's Hannah Harkness. Hey, Hannah. I think you blew out your speakers with that hey. Hey. Much better. Much better. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just so excited to have human contact for a second. I, I live in a basement and New York is poison. <laughs> Understandable. So, Understandable. Yeah. I see. Is that a boxing bag in the background? Oh, hell yeah. No, I've got a whole home gym set up, buddy. I got weights. I'm getting prison jacked over here. Man, oh, my goodness. Happening. It's happening. I'm going to be a wrestler if the world is still there when we're gone. <laughs> True. There you go. Or if we're in a full-on apocalypse, True. you could be able to defend yourself. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Punch punch through all of the stuff in my way for people. Whatever. I'm gonna get the supplies. That's the most important part. Yes. Get all the supplies. That's what's important. All Anna, of the supplies. All of them. You ready to spin the wheel? Sure. Let's uh, let's fit. All right. We're spinning the wheel. Spin the wheel. <laughs> Round and round it goes, and it lands on CNN. Ooh, awkward. Very. Topical. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right, what else we got? All right, we spin the wheel again, and we get... Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd. Yes, huh. si silent film star Harold Lloyd. Okay, so, so your choices hmm. are CNN. All right, Harold CNN, Lloyd, or we could spin it again. And I have to take the third one. You have to take whatever it like, lands on. I have to take the third one, even if I don't know what it is. Exactly. Uh, ooh, it's, you it's know a, what? I'm feeling I'm feeling saucy because CNN's gonna kind of boring, and it will it'll actually be funnier if I don't know what it is. So yeah, let's let's go for it. We can we can have a guess. <laughs> All right, we're let's spinning the wheel. Number three, let's get. All right, let's spin the wheel. You have to do whatever it lands on. Maybe the wheel right, will be let's kind do it. to you. Maybe. <laughs> what did I get? You got Alton Brown, Guy Fieri, and Anthony Bourdain. Oh well, this is much better. That's a that's a, that's a spicy meatball, Noah. All right, yeah, no, that's way more fun than CNN. Good. I, I, I agree. The crowd really, watching... really wanted Guy Fieri, so it was a good. Oh, spin. good. Hooray! Yeah, no, I'm happy to um happy to bring this fire to you guys. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, 
Before I've been I... playing watching the fine anime from Wars, so. <laughs> <laughs> Before I let you go, a uh, question from the chat. Uh, they wanted to know sure. if you're into bar fighting. Have you been doing bar fights? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, or uh, My alter ego, Junkyard Cat, has uh, started doing that shortly before the plague. Um, and uh, I, will <laughs> I will continue to do so uh, once uh, bars and fighting are no longer illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Thank you, Hannah. I'll be checking in with you in a little bit. All right. Wonderful. Have a good one. Right, <laughs> see you soon. See so there goes right. Hannah. Uh, Hannah will be doing uh, Alton Brown, Guy Fieri, and Anthony Bourdain. The chat, very happy about this uh, turn of events. Uh, coming up next, we saw him last time at the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships in the amateur round, and he has graduated up to the pro round. He lit the world on fire with uh, the King Tiger speech. The Tiger King speech is headed backwards. And he's also representing Flying V Theater. And he should be calling in at any moment. Yes, it's Zach Fernabach! Hello? Hello! <laughs> it, th what, what do you got there? Oh, this is a wine goblet of toilet paper. Oh! Mmm, how decadent. Yes. And, and what do you got in the background there? Oh, just... A poster of one of my plays, which is having a threequel reading in Ooh. the next few weeks with Flying V. Oh, fantastic. Get, get ahead and get that plug out there. Yes. Pirate Laureate and the Book of Rain. Stay tuned to <laughs> Flying V on Facebook for more information. <laughs> yes, definitely get into <coughs> Flying V. Oh, easy, easy. It's a bit dry. It's a bit of a dry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, are you ready to spin the wheel? Yes. All right, we're spinning the wheel, Zach. Uh, first wheel spin is for Arthur. Arthur. Oh, wonderful. Arthur, yeah, you got to love Arthur. And uh, we're going to spin the wheel again. And we get Kermit T. Frog. Hmm. So you can do Arthur, you can do Kermit the Frog, or we can spin the wheel again. The choice is yours. I am very happy to select Arthur. Arthur! I'm surprised. You had a Kermit look in your eyes. Oh, that was an Arthur look. <laughs> that was an Arthur look. I misread it. I misread it. It ain't easy being... I won't say... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, we'll check in with you a little bit later in the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. You, you got to think about it. There you go. All right. And finally in the pro round, uh, we have a veteran of the pro round of the Adult Fan Fiction World Championship. He is also a member of High Note Humor. He is also working at a pizza shop at this very moment, so I'm not sure if he is able to pick up this call. He is also a bard. He is also a nerd. He's also a fan of Metal and Final Fantasy. I see. Yeah, it's Ramon Bender. Hey! 
Hey, Ramon. Making pizza. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. How you doing, bud? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, the I'm wheel- also drinking non-alcoholic drinks. Oh, you, you you have some iced tea? Yeah, drinking some iced mm-hmm. tea there. Yeah. <laughs> this is the moment I get thrown off Twitch. I would be furious. All right, <laughs> Ramon, are you ready to spin the wheel? Spin me up, baby. All right, here we go. We spin the wheel. And we start with the iceberg from Titanic. Okay. (laughs) Specifically the iceberg from Titanic. All right. Or we spin the wheel. Or Crash Bandicoot. Misspelled. I, I'm, I'm going iceberg. I like that. <laughs> you really That's like the iceberg, huh? I'm going the iceberg from Titanic. The iceberg from Titanic. All right, Ramon. Yeah. We'll catch up with you in a little bit. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Uh, all right, so hopefully Hannah will be here soon. There Hello? she is. Hey, Hannah Harkness. Yeah, so my internet wouldn't uh, crap out on me. I wouldn't want to coffee walk you guys like that. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we so, ready to go? Well, you had to move to a new location. You cut out there for a second. Uh, yeah, I moved to a new location, so the internet would be a little bit better because uh, I, I do live in a bit of a bunker, but uh, we should be good now. <laughs> all right, sounds good. All then. right. Without further, right. any further ado, Hannah Harkness, everyone. All right. Uh, there is no title to this. Uh, the steam rose from the water boiling on the range as Alton Brown hurriedly chopped vegetables. Sweat poured down his forehead as he looked back and forth from the ticking clock and the food. Guy will be here any minute, he shouted to the sous chef. We need to make sure everything is prepared for his arrival. I know I'm only part owner of this restaurant. You've only seen me once, but this is very important to me. The sous chef looked over at the dishwasher. What's his deal, man? This is just diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's not a Michelin star committee. Doesn't he have his own show? Dishwasher shrugged. I don't know, man. Maybe he's got a crush or something. Hey, you think he'll sign this towel for my mom? That's the ridiculous, the sous chef said. Guy Fieri looks like whoever Smash Mouth would hire if they needed someone to drive him around in a monster truck. Thankfully, Alton wasn't listening. (laughs) He was too busy cooking items from the menu that he had scrawled on a bar napkin and handed to the shareholders ten months ago. The door buzzer went off. He's here, yelled Alton. Sweat was pouring down his face, but it was unclear if it was from the fire in the kitchen or the fire in his heart. He fixed his hair and walked to the door, trying to act natural. He opened the door to reveal Guy Fieri in all his splendor. His spiky golden hair gleamed in the afternoon California sun. The cartoon flames on his boiling but on his bowling shirt seemed to dance. His Kool-Aid man intensity flooded the whole room with charisma. And Alton could see in his eyes that he was hungry. Hello, Guy, Alton said. It's, it's wonderful to see you again. When was the last time? Guy laughed and slapped Alton on the shoulder. Hey, you don't remember, buddy? It was when we made those fucking deep-fried turduckins for that Netflix show. Right, said Alton, embarrassed but trying to remain aloof. Which show was that again? Oh, the Netflix thing? Oh, who even remembers anymore, man? No green light anything. He flashlight his tra- he flashed his trademark chili cook-off winner maniac smile. We sure did stuff a lot of things into other day- things that day, huh, buddy? Alton blushed. Ah, uh, yes, we we definitely uh 
put birds in holes? Alden wasn't as good as Rippin. All right, take me back. Uh, let's see what you got cooking back there. Alton walked a guy to the back. When they were in a tight space of the hallway near the kitchen, he stopped for a second and let the sous chef walk ahead. Alton leaned into Guy and whispered, so you told the camera crew the wrong time, right? Guy ran his hair, his hand through his field of golden Goku-esque spikes. Of course, <laughs> leave it to me. We'll have enough time to get some quality time in the wine cellar. Uh, you're you're alone so much these you know you're gone so much these days whispered alton i never have enough time to spend in flavor town <laughs> today you do baby today you do now let me eat a bunch of stuff in the kitchen and act like all of it is great and uh pretend the camera crew is running three hours late and i just you know i didn't tell them the wrong time so after some performative running around and eating fried things and taking selfies with the chefs, the five-star cross lovers stole away to the basement to talk about a Netflix deal. The same excuse they always used, because it was roughly true 85% of the time. They immediately locked into a passionate kiss. Guy fumbling with the buttons on Alton's tailored shirt, and Alton not doing anything to Guy's flame shirt because it was already open and he can't reach around that far anyway. So it would have been more awkward than sexy. Alton was about to take to his knees when Guy stopped him. Wait, he said. We don't want to leave him out again. Last time I did that, I had nightmares for weeks. You just can't escape him. He haunts every corner of the bloke. Alton sighed. I know, but I really wish it was just us. Guy smoothed Alton's hair and took off his glasses. Just ignore him, my little goodie. He'll snitch to the food network if we don't let him watch. Just act like he's not there. Guy reached into his pants and grabbed his trusty summoning candle, which was next and nestled next to another bulge near his pants pocket. He brought the candle to the corner of the room and said the incantation. Almost instantly, the ghost of Anthony Bourdain appeared. What took you so long? Did you guys start without me? He said. They got truffle fries and duck fat up there, baby. I still got to eat, laughed Guy. Anthony looked exasperated. How is it that you're a food critic, but every time you eat, you act like it's the first time you've had food? <laughs> Are you just going to float around and be negative all day? Why do you even do this? You've led a very full life, yelled Alton. I've been all over the world, said Anthony. But I've never witnessed a love like yours. Anthony floated to the corner and unzipped his spectral pants. Just act like I'm not there, he said. I'm getting away with something. Alton gave... Guy a pained look, but his frustration melted away when he saw the fire in Guy's eyes. What do you say, bro? asked Guy. You want to mess up my soul patch? Guy slid what he could fit of his hand into the back pocket of Alton's skinny jeans. Alton moaned. Yes, he said. Take me to... Don't say it, buddy. I'm trying not to think about work right now. New Heights. They resumed kissing passionately. Soon they were stripped down to boxer briefs and giant Homer Simpson boxers, respectively. The wine cellar was chilly, but both were drenched in sweat. It was all guy's sweat, but they were both drenched in sweat nonetheless. In the corner, you could hear a few wine bottles rattle at a soft moan as the spectral form of Anthony Bourdain relived the days when he could experience the pleasures of the flesh. Finally, they had taken to the floor. Alton's back pressed to the barrel of aging French Merlot with his legs spread eagle. Guy laid on his stomach like a man trying to find a lost remote under the bed and took Alton's shaft in his mouth. He sucked deep and hard with the skill of a man who sucks meat off bones for a living. Alton closed his eyes. How is it, baby? Guy kept himself occupied but gave him a thumbs up. 
followed by the peace sign and followed by horns. Alton arched his back. Yeah, baby, do it. Put them on. Guy released Alton from his mouth and Alton continued working himself up. Guy rapidly put on his wraparound shades. Do it, baby. Give me that garnish. Alton climaxed on Guy's wraparound shades and his breath slowed. Blade shaking in Guy Fieri's arms and looked deep into what he could see of his eyes under the iridescent tinted glass in his own gum. Are those polarized? He said. Yes, Alton. I used your sunglasses heart gift card. And he kissed him gently on the forehead. A crate of limes fell over in the corner, signaling that Anthony Bourdain had finished and exited the mortal realm. The end. Hannah Harkness, everybody. <laughs> Yay! I did it. <laughs> Great job, Hannah. <laughs> Everyone's really upset and proud of you. <laughs> oh, no, I think we lost Hannah. Oh. Well, Hannah Harkness, everybody. Uh, and real quick, before we move on to the next person, a uh, uh, big thanks goes out to James Ganovics. I'm not very good at last names. For donating to Flying V. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to drop to Flying V. Up. That was terrifying. <laughs> if you want to donate to Flying V, uh, you can. We're going to drop a link in the uh, chat. Also, if you want to donate to this channel, the best way to do that is by using bits or subscribing to the channel. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Yeah, we get money. You do nothing. It's amazing. So be sure to do that. Thank you to James for donating. Dropping that link in the chat. And uh, speaking of Flying V, uh, it's time to get someone from Flying V from the professional round on the line right now. I just sent them the the message and hopefully they'll be here in a second uh but they were here last time they they did the pro round they had a fantastic showing uh with the hardy boys and now hopefully they understood that i want them to click the link oh it i didn't send the message that's on me there we go facebook's fun Give Noah your money. Thanks. Hey, Navi. Hey, I'm back. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Let's Great. see. We'll see what the chat says just to be certain, though. Yeah, please let me know, because the last thing I want is for you not to hear me. Uh, we were getting support from the chat that you can be heard. I love support from the chat. Hello. How are you doing, Noah? Doing well. This has been quite the show. We've raised some money for Flying V and uh, ruined some childhoods, so... All the goals are accomplished. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I'm very excited to share with you what I've written. All right. Well, we're very excited to hear it. So now, without any further ado, give it up for Navi. Kill Bill. Revenge is a dish best served lubed. Old Klingon proverb. Chapter one. Joey. Hey, Quentin, Joey here from the studio. We just finished watching the advance cut yourself for Killing Bill, and we love it. Love it. That fight at the end with the band and the suits and the blood everywhere? You're a genius, Quentin. Don't change a thing, baby. Never stop. But, hey, uh, we wanted to check in with you about the runtime. Yeah. 
it's getting a bit long, and I know you said you'd like break it in half or something, but it's still like five hours. And so the studio wanted me to let you know that you need to, you know, cut some stuff. And between you and me, QT, if I were to suggest something, we got about 20 minutes that we think we could lose from that pussy wagon scene. So, you know, call me back and we'll go from there. Love ya. Beep. Chapter two. Pussy wagon. Beep. Joey, what's up, dog? It's QT. Talk to me, daddy. What are you trying to do to me? Cut my movie? It's art. It's the edit. It's Kurosawa meets the Shaw Brothers with Marcone blaring in the background, baby. Every minute. Mwah! The way it should be. Hey, hey, Quentin. Yeah, yeah, you're the boss, baby. We won't touch a thing. Uh, except maybe that pussy wagon scene, huh? Let's talk about that. What's there to talk about? Boom, pow, Pam Greer and Macau. It's dark, it's gritty, she's paralyzed, but she needs to drive in the only... Oh, is it the name? We can't change the name, Joey. Come on now, pussy wagon. It's perfect. Buck, he likes to fuck. It's his truck. It's called the pussy wagon. Work with me here. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, QT, listen. It's not the name, man. The name's totes cool with us. And, like, maybe this is all a big mix-up, huh? Like... You might have sent us the wrong cut or something, because it's probably perfect, like you said, and bam, can't wait to see you at the Osks. But, like, the version we saw has, like, 20 minutes of a slow zoom-in on her feet, man. Like, I get pacing and, 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 like, meditation in movies, but it was 20 minutes, man. I counted. Quentin? Quentin, did you hang up? Hey, QT? Oh, shit. Chapter 3. The, the Cruel Tutelage of Mary Poppins. <laughs> Beep! Hey, QT, Joey here. From the studio. Got the new cut. Mondo, thanks, bro. It was tight. Love that you made the fight scene in black and white now. At first we were like, whoa. But then we were like, whoa. Don't change a thing. Only, we noticed that you hadn't really touched the foot scene we talked about. In fact, I feel like it's a bit longer now, just a little bit. So, like, the movie comes out on Friday, and we've decided to trim it down a bit, and hopefully you'll like it. We tried to keep the artistic integrity of it there, but, you know, sometimes you've got to trim, trim, and trim, trim. <laughs> Mary Poppins, right? So, yeah, a courier should be delivering it over right about now, so call me back when you get it, cool? Later, QT. Chapter 4. A Hill to Die On. Beep. Hey, this is Joey from the studio. Leave a message after the cut. Cut. Listen to me, you sniveling, sex-shriveled pissant. How dare you? The fucking audacity to go above my head like that. I saw this fucking studio cut you sent, and I was extremely fucking displeased to see that you've cut, you've sheared, you've circumcised the pussy wagon scene down to a limp, flaccid stump of what it was intended to be. How dare you? What gives you the right to gut the very core of that scene? Do you even understand 1970s foot cinema tropes? Have you ever seen a Moriazzi or a Fulzi? What public school movie club did you get kicked out of for jerking off in the back row during a screening of my bodyguard joey you fucking ah! 
anyone even remotely familiar with foot cinema knows the core of the shot is the frame is the focus on the foot right there. Middle third, toes spread, Beatrix kiddo, the tension, the unspoken connection between her eyes and her taut, curved, toesy-woesies. Slight Dutch angle, slow, aching zoom, long enough for four songs and a commercial break to pass on the radio. Time stretches and the focus becomes the frame, is the philosophy, is the feet. You can't let the studio cut this fucking scene, Joey. It's my masterpiece. It's what they'll remember me for. Call me back. This is a hill I'm willing to die on. Beep. Chapter five, the end. Hey, Quentin, it's Joey from the studio. We're so glad you decided to keep the pussy wagon scene as you originally intended it, even though the head of marketing said it was uh, voyeuristic to the point of confusion. But like, you're a genius, and no one here has as much of an understanding or intense appreciation of Italian 70s foot cinema like you do. And we appreciate everything that you do for Hollywood and for making us so much money. But, uh, hmm. We just watched the new cut you sent, and we were a bit taken back to find that you've added ADR to the pussy wagon scene, and we weren't expecting that, especially, like, how uh, erotic it was, specifically all of the things she's telling her toe to do with regards to, like, being inserted or suckled or covered in a combination of Vaseline and VCR cleaner solution and then rubbed against genitals. So, like, you're a writing genius, so don't change a thing, but maybe just change those to say something like wiggle or something less kinky, like, you know, wiggle your big toe. That could work, right, QT? You're a towering inferno, baby. Call me back. Beep. The end. Navi, everybody. Navi, I got to tell you that when you started, the chat was like, this is lacking in feet. And then, boom, feet showed up and everybody was thrilled. I know what they want. Yeah, give the people what they want. You got to give the people what they want. Uh, So, Navi, uh, before we let you go, uh, anything you need to plug? Ooh, well, I just released an album. Right. Um, now that I can get, I gotta get out of this dude bro voice, um, <laughs> I released an album that I'm calling a 19 song mood ring about my first two weeks of coronavirus quarantine. Um, it's available at yourlocalnavi.bandcamp.com. Cool. Y o u r l o c a l n a v i dot bandcamp.com. It's free unless you want to pay for it. Um, and then I do a lot of stuff with Flying V, and Flying V has many things coming up, and I'm sure you will see that in the chat. Yeah, I believe I also heard that if you uh, donate or buy something through Bandcamp today, Bandcamp today, is not making any money. Bandcamp is not taking their cut. Yeah, so now is the time to support people via Bandcamp. Please do, and I will be in the chat after this, desperately trying to figure out what I missed because I haven't watched a single minute of it. You, you missed some good stuff, but a fantastic work. Navi, one more time, lots of teas in the chat. Teas in the chat! <laughs> Thank you, Navi. All right. Uh, so real quick, uh, once again, uh, if you want to support the Flying V Theater, that that's over there. You can see that. You can also support this channel by uh, subscribing or using bits. 
Uh, also, uh, just real quick, I wanted to... Uh, so I'm doing a hundred things at once. I know Flying V suggested uh, Yusagi Yojimbo as, uh, for the professional round, and that is one of the action figures I always have nearby. So this is for you, Flying V, little Yusagi Yojimbo. All right, I'm going to try to get someone else here on the, the call. I also need to make a poll so that we can actually have a winner next time, and i got to put it over here so I don't interrupt the show. I learned that from last time. All right, so Flying V, <laughs> Flying V is very happy to see that. And now we have Zach back. Zach! There we go. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. How are you? I see you've changed the angle of the camera. Oh, have I? Uh, yes, you have. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you have that great kimono on? Ah, uh, yes, yes. It's um, It's what gets me in the mood. Are, well, are you fully in the mood and ready to go? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. Then without further ado, give it up for Zach Fernabach. <clears throat> As her butler, Bailey, pulled the limo into Lakewood Elementary's kiss and ride, Muffy Crosswire pressed her snout against the tinted glass. Detention on a Saturday. Never in her eight years of living did Muffy ever think she'd spend a Saturday in detention. Vomitrocious. Detention was for galoots like Binky Barnes or ragamuffins like Buster Baxter, probably given B names to emphasize the blue-collar jobs they were fated to hold. Blue collars. So last year, Muffy thought, as she stepped out of the limo and headed into the school. She flung open the double doors and braced herself for ten or so minutes, removing her jewelry at the metal detectors outside the main office. The last thing she needed was a visit from the fashion police in addition to detention. As she made her way past security, she couldn't help but notice how different the school was on Saturday. Not a single mud shoe print on the cracked tiles, no line at the gender-neutral water fountain, no kindergartners scampering to their early lunch break, no fifth graders theorizing by the lockers about next week's episode of Bionic Bunny. But of all of this, What took Muffy aback most was how much the empty, echoey hallways of Lakewood Elementary reminded her of home. After navigating the dimly lit first floor, passing the locked gymnasium and breezing by the media center where her classmate Brain was having easy fun with his library card, Muffy found herself in front of Mr. Ratburn's third grade classroom, her third grade classroom. Sigh. Here goes nothing. Arthur was already at his desk when Muffy walked in. She acted surprised to see him, like he was also invited to this exclusive party. That's the only way she could tolerate it, if she thought of detention as a private event. Surely it mustn't be so horrid if that's the case. You're late, Miss Crosswire, Mr. Ratburn said sternly as he stood behind his desk. Take a seat. Bailey got lost on the way to school. Mummy is thinking about firing him. Doesn't he drive you to school? I see you on the road every day when I'm walking down the street, Arthur asked quizzically, turning around in his seat to face Muffy. No one asked you, Arthur, she snapped back to the bespectacled nerd. Enough, both of you, Mr. Ratburn scolded. You're not here to socialize, you're here to learn your lesson. Just because the way moose fornicate is unusual doesn't mean it's funny. You really hurt George's feelings when you laughed during Wednesday's health lesson. Muffy and Arthur blushed in shame. 
They never meant to make George Lundgren feel bad, especially so soon after his dad moved away. But why would Mr. Rappard teach sex ed to a third grade class? The Elwood City school system is totally perverse. Mr. Rappard tapped his first-gen Apple Watch and started a timer. I'll be back in two hours. No chatting, no playing, no anything. Use this time to reflect on your behavior. You're eight-year-olds. Act like it. And don't turn the lights on if you want a new jungle gym next year. Mr. Ratburn left. He shouldn't say jungle gym. A lot of kids at school are from the jungle. It's offensive, Arthur said. Be quiet. I'm trying to detent, Muffy sniped and turned around in her combined chair desk thing. There was silence. There was a lot of silence. Maybe even 90 minutes of it until Muffy decided to break her own rule. Arthur, why did you laugh when Mr. Ratburn showed the diagram of a mommy and daddy moose? I don't know, Arthur replied. I think it just made me feel weird, and I had to laugh. It just came over me. Hey, me too, Muffy exclaimed, escalating the situation since there was only 10 or so minutes left to write. I mean, serve detention. I've heard my parents have it before, Arthur replied. It kind of sounded fun, but also painful, but then fun again. A real Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll situation. What are you trying to say, Arthur? Muffy questioned. I guess I'm saying it might be a fun way to spend a Saturday. What happened next between Muffy and Arthur was faded when Arthur and illustrator Mark Brown decided to make up totally what an aardvark looked like. Muffy tugged Arthur's yellow sweater over his big brown head, and Arthur in return helped Muffy remove her lavender dress. Muffy wasn't sure if Arthur had seen a naked monkey before, as Arthur laid her down on the floor, her bare butt cold from the linoleum. Muffy cringed. She stared blankly at the classroom door. A poster detailing the water cycle was covering the glass window, another one of the school's safety precautions. Maybe she did deserve this punishment. Maybe she was a naughty girl. Maybe she was too old for braided pigtails. Arthur then started to lick Muffy's private area, vigorously. He didn't know what he was doing, splashing his slobbery mouth slug around. Does it feel good? He asked Muffy, muffled by her muff. What did you say? I said, does it feel good? Arthur said, coming up for air with the crystal clear diction that only giving head can truly bestow. Muffy responded. It's a simple action and it comes from the heart. Just believe in yourself. That's the place to start. And with those simple lines, Arthur was filled with confidence and filleted Muffy to a mighty hay. Hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day, Muffy orgasmed as her Saturday in detention didn't end up so bad. Thank you. I was too busy laughing to hit the button. Give it up for Zach. Zach, amazing work. Fantastic. Uh, anything that you would like to plug before we, uh, we let you go here? Um, you know, just that Flying V Theater is uh, our local independent theater company. It's small. It's doing its best during these complicated times. So if you have anything to share also during these complicated times, um, it's much appreciated. And thank you, Noah, for, for Where putting this Where is on. the Flying V Theater? I've yet to ever mention that. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's in, it's, in, it's in your heart. <laughs> it's right here. But it's also oh, in Bethesda, Maryland and Silver Spring, Maryland. <laughs> Is there someone with you that I hear giggling in the background? 
Uh, yes, it is my wife. <laughs> well, tell her she can laugh openly. It's fine. She's not. <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I hear my wife yelling at me from the other room. <laughs> thank you, Zach. I got to find my tab. It's okay. We'll just hang out for a bit. That's fine, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Whew. That was fantastic. We got two more. Be sure to donate to Flying V. I, I just saw the link pop up again. So be sure to donate. We greatly appreciate it. And you can also subscribe to this channel. That also helps quite a bit. I also stream every weekday at 3.30 if you like video games instead of pornography. That's just another way that we can go about it. So uh, I stream every day or every weekday at 3.30. I know days don't mean anything and time is pointless these days, but uh, I still do it. So feel free to join me there. And now we got Katie V. Oh, hi. Hi, Katie. Hey, hang on. My cat is on the place where I want to put my laptop. Okay, there we go. <laughs> well, the fact that your cat was in your previous video, I think, really helped you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was hoping she would hop in. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Are you ready, Katie? <laughs> I think so. All right, then without further this, ado. This one's short but girthy, Duff. as Hannah said. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Katie V. Okay. The Johnson twins shivered in their blue jumpsuits, having finally secured their spot on their favorite game show, Double Dare. They'd been trying for years, and though they were now well beyond the age of consent, which is a weird thing to point out, but is important to bear in mind in the subsequent events and context, for some reason they were invited on the show anyway. In fact, there were no children present at all. Let's just make that clear right now. <laughs> anyway, they wanted to get on the show because it's their favorite and also wanted the prize money so they could start a business or something. I hope you're ready for this, said host Mark Summers or whoever the fuck. <laughs> the Johnson twins nodded, quivering and clutching each other's hands tightly. The lights and music started, the crowd roared with applause, and the host welcomed everyone to the show. They got right down to it. Blue team was up first, and Mark asked them the first question. Approximately how much PSI is required to bring a woman to orgasm? The Johnson twins stood flabbergasted. They blinked, looked at each other, and then both leaned into the microphone. Um, what? Uh, uh, how much PSI to make a woman orgasm? Ten seconds. Uh, uh dare, they said, panicking. Red team, dare. Double dare, they replied, unfazed by the question, but equally clueless as to the answer. Blue team. The twins looked at each other and shrugged. Physical challenge? Music and lights and applause erupted and they were hurried to the forefront of the stage where one of them was immediately blindfolded in front of an empty basket and the other was stationed in front of another basket, but full of dildos. For this challenge, you have to run to your partner with a dildo between your knees and your, part must take it, your partner must take it in their mouths and drop it in their basket. On your mark, get set, go! What the fuck? yelled one of the twins, fumbling for dildos and wedging one between their legs. They tried, they tried walking, they tried hobbling, they tried hopping, and eventually made it to their sibling. Get it! Get it! They yelled, and the other twin knelt down with mouth agape, blindly trying to seek out the flopping rubbery shaft. It slapped their face several times before they managed to get a hold and drop it into their basket. This went on for way too long, in their opinions. <laughs> they didn't have time to comprehend how humiliating this was, how unwholesome, how publicly available. 
both were blinded by their desire to be on Double Dare, to win the prize and start their business or whatever. <laughs> this was their time to shine. They found a good rhythm and picked up the pace. An air horn sounded. <laughs> they had a slow start, but managed to transport seven dildos before time was up. Mark Summers announced that they had earned $70 for their efforts. Panting, they returned to their panel to continue the trivia round. It was Red Team's turn. The questions became even more lewd and bizarre, and the physical challenges were even messier and more humiliating than the last. Even the questions they knew the answers to, they could hardly bear to speak aloud. The Johnson twins, against all odds, made it to the final round, the obstacle course. Mark Summers gave them a rundown. They were quivering with nervous energy and anticipation. Before they knew it, the whistle blew, and the first of the twins broke into a sprint for the first obstacle, another fucking dildo. They took it in their mouth and sucked it until it exploded green slime in their face, because of course. They wiped away the indescribable substance from their eyes and hurried to the next obstacle. This one had a helmet with yet another dildo strapped to the top, and they had to jump through tires and then insert it into a large paper mache ass. They almost stumbled a few times, but got through relatively quickly. The third obstacle, thankfully no dildos, but a slime-covered slide that they had to climb up and slide down into a large vagina. By now, the first twin was just covered in slime and barely able to get to their feet on their way to the next obstacle. Just one more and then they could rest while the other twin carried them to victory. The twin almost lost hope, for before them was a ball pit type situation, but full of enormous dildos. Where did they get all these dildos? The twin took a deep breath and began to wade through this thicket of boners. The end of their trial so close yet so far away. The other twin was hopping with their hand out at the end. They trudged on, seemingly sinking into the quicksand like dildo lake. Before they were swallowed up by the treacherous obstacle, they reached out and the other twin was tagged in. The other twin had been training for this their whole life. They moved forward with swiftness and focus, jerking this, sucking that, cramming whatever into whatever, gloriously towards victory. The eighth obstacle was the greatest of all. All the combined skills of the twin were put to the test and they passed with flying covers colors, literally flying all over them, completely drenching them, somehow penetrating the tarp-like jumpsuit. You guys won! What a show! How do you feel? Mark Summers asked them. The first twin breathed hard into the mic. Uh, good? I mean, we won enough money to start our business or whatever, I think. You sure did. And how about you? He asked the other twin. I feel incredible, but this was never about the money. The end. <laughs> Katie V. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that that was fantastic, but I think you might have hurt yourself because I think everybody took a moment to Google how much PSI it takes to make a woman orgasm. I tried to find it because I read it once and <laughs> and Google was just like, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Is it more or less than an espresso machine? That was one of the questions that was asked. Uh I'm not sure, because when you start talking PSA, I start thinking of, like, uh, power washers and stuff, so it, it doesn't, it's, it's probably more than you think, but less than that. <laughs> of, of course, of course it is. Uh, Katie, before we let you go, anything you want to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Katie underscore V, uh, C-A-T-I-E underscore V. Yeah, she spells a, Katie weird. That's a V, yeah. Yeah, that's also I've, way I've, out of frame. 
Yeah. <laughs> v, not B, because I'm bad at speaking. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it. Give it up for Katie V. Thank you so Thank much, you. Katie. All right. We got one more, and then uh, I will be throwing the, the poll in the chat. Oh, come on. I'll be throwing the poll in the chat. And uh, we will crown ourselves a winner here. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. We got one more. I hope you're at least learning something about PSI. (laughs) But uh, our final contestant is a member of High Note Humor. Uh, He's also a fantastic guitarist. And he's also invisible. Now there he is. It's Ramon Bender. All right. Uh, so my, my story was, uh, I got the, the iceberg from Titanic. Right. Uh, and so my, my story is entitled icebreaker, a Titanic story. <laughs> All right. Take it away, Ramon. Thank you. It had been a long day, a long life, really drifting aimlessly for years, just waiting for one big break, one true claim to fame. This was going to be it. It just had to be. Leonardo DiCaprio had a good feeling as he walked into his audition with James Cameron. And on that fateful day, his life would change forever. Timidly, Leo entered the room. Hey, oh, wow, kid, look at you. Leo, right? James Cameron was lounging on a throne of Terminator 2 VHSs and also one Betamax of the Abyss, smoking what appeared to be a cigar made entirely out of money. He hungrily eyed the fresh-faced young actor, sizing him up in mere moments. The kid was no Schwarzenegger, that was for sure. But maybe he could, whoa, whoa, James Cameron did a double take when he spied Leo's junk, clearly visible even under his baggy Jinko jeans, which were popular that year in 1995. The year was 1995, the year Leonardo DiCaprio turned 18. Definitely, don't look it up. Leo was so nervous. Oh, thanks, Mr. Spielberg. I I mean, Cameron. Oh, geez. Hey, don't sweat it, kid. Listen, I think you'd be great. Let's get you in makeup and try some lines, okay? Okay. In the makeup room, Leo was told to sit in a chair and close his eyes. Do you like music? Said one makeup artist, turning on Sublime's Love is What I Got. Yeah, said Leo relaxing visibly to the popular and relevant song of the year. I love Sublime. I hope Bradley Knoll never dies, especially not next year in 1996 from an easily preventable heroin overdose. That would be tragic. What would be tragic is if they tried to replace him with some no-name rapper who sucked, said the makeup artist. They all laughed, because that was definitely never going to happen. And just a few hours and several insufferable Grateful Dead covers later, Leo had been transformed. Where once had stood a child, now stood a man. A man dressed like an iceberg. I'm ready, Mr. Cameron, said Leo, entering the audition space. It was a little tough to move in his 427-ton full-scale iceberg costume, but he was getting the hang of it. James Cameron was nowhere to be found. All Leo saw was a four-piece band playing classical music, a few lifeboats, 
and Kate Winslet. Nothing worth note. It was just then that Leo noticed James Cameron in his own elaborate male Titanic costume. All 46,328 metric tons of him. Shush, shush, said Cameron, presumably from somewhere inside the Olympic-class cruise liner with the current crew complement of some 900 Irish laborers. Icebergs don't talk. They ram. Leo knew what he had to do. And despite the apparent impossibility, considering the aforementioned tonnage of the two costumes, he found Cameron's dick on the third-level engineering deck, and he sucked. He sucked just as hard as all James Cameron's movies would after Titanic. He sucked just as hard as he did to get, get cast in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. This was good, Cameron thought. The effects, the lighting, the band playing, the blowjob, it was good. But it wasn't right. Leo knew it, too. It was all wrong. Silently, again disregarding the logistical impossibility, Leo located Cameron's ass. It was exactly where he thought the man's head would have been. He moved slowly, sliding across Cameron, leaving a roughly 300-foot gash. And when he got to the poop deck, he pierced every inch of Cameron's impressive hull. Leo pounded Cameron's porthole with the exact opposite amount of passion with which Kate Winslet acts. Cameron sensed it. Leo had wrecked him, and there was only one thing left to do. He spun around, and with surprising agility for a 3,500-occupant vessel, he went down, and the band continued to play. Leo erupted a great admittedly lost somewhere in the great costumes and rich pageantry of Hollywood. So, Leo said, panting, did I get the part? The iceberg? Nah, that's all gonna be special effects. But how would you like an even cooler role? Thank you so much, everyone. That was... Ramon Bender! <laughs> Ramon, before we let you go, anything you would like to plug? Um, no, comedy is dead because <laughs> everything, the pandemic and, oh, God. Um, Ramon, yeah. now might be the time to record that album. Now, yeah, or or write my big book of erotic fan fiction. That's another good idea. There's another good idea. Uh, there was a great suggestion of what you could call the album in the chat. Uh-huh. Sublime I, I can't Ramon. see the on a video. You should what? call it Sublime with Ramon. Oh, see, that's a terrible idea. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> also, very suable. Very suable. <laughs> you added a whole letter. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, thank you, Ramon. Are we Oh, uh, thank you for having me. Anytime, Noah. Anytime. I love this. <laughs> uh, thanks. So we're going to wait around and see who won, or how I does mean, this work? I mean, you can go into the chat and see it. Like, the other no, contestants. No, can I just hang out with you? You want to hang out here with me? I mean, yeah. I, whatever. I'm going to mute. Oh, come on. Whatever you want to do. I don't care anymore. All right. Let me hang out here. I can, look, I'm watching the stream now. I've got my computer muted. Okay. All right, Ramon, you can hang out. It's fine. 
Right, well, me... now you can think of now. Look, you're trying to replace me with the desktop. It's fine. I get it. No, I had to pull up the. See, this is why you're not usually here. <laughs> the desktop doesn't need to be live, so I can send the link out to people. Chat. No, who is the fraud? Howard Stern's penis. Papa Bowie. Papa Bowie. There goes Ramon. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming to the Adult Fan Fiction World Championship. I just dropped a link in the chat. And uh, you can vote for your winner of the professional round. We had Hannah Harkness talking about Alton Brown, Guy Fieri, and uh, David Bourdain. Uh, we had, oh man, I'm forgetting. Uh, we had Navi versus, versus, yeah, he took on Bill. <laughs> we had Navi doing Kill Bill. We had Zach doing Arthur. We had Katie doing Double Dare. And we had Ramon doing the Iceberg from Titanic. So please go ahead and vote in that poll that I just put out there. Uh, also, just uh, before we get going, one more time. Thank you so much to Flying V for uh, helping me put this together, providing me with fantastic writers that are so damn funny every damn time. And uh, also, thank you guys for being here. If you want to support Flying V, there will be a link that gets dropped into the chat. If you uh, want to support this channel, you can subscribe. Following is good, too. We don't get any money on a follow, but it feels good when you follow. So feel free to follow. That's free to do. Or you can subscribe. It's like $5 a month. Uh, you don't have to do more than a month. Uh, or you can use your Amazon Prime subscription and uh, subscribe to us for free. It'd be much appreciated. All right. Everybody get your voting going. Uh, yeah, Flying V has a bunch of other cool stuff. The Quarantine Classic is taking part, place right now as part of Awesome Audio, which drops every Wednesday. You can check that out at awesomeaudio.lisbon.com. Also, they are going to be showing their hit musical on Facebook. So be sure to Facebook friend uh, Flying V or like their page. They're not a person. You just like them. You don't friend them. But they're friendly. So check out Flying V and uh, make sure you vote in the poll. I'll drop it in there one more time so we can get any last second voting. Thank you so much to everyone for uh, coming and supporting. Support erotic fan fiction, guys. It's much appreciated. It's It's an art form that needs more support. All right. I think I gave everybody enough time to vote. Let's find out who our winner is the winner of the professional round is it's zach with arthur (laughs) zach congratulations that means zach is now an amateur and pro round champion zach is very happy in the chat it's we need like another layer now (laughs) amateur pro godly I don't, I don't even know how we would do that. But uh, thank you guys so much for coming. If this is a show that you like, we'll keep doing it. Uh, there's other shows I want to do, but this is always the most fun. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for coming. Thank you for everyone who has donated to Flying V. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and uh, also given bits. Thank you, everyone, for watching and, uh, you know, making this weird quarantine just... A little bit more fun for two hours. Yeah, we ran we ran almost exactly two hours. 
thank you guys all for coming uh, and enjoying the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships. Congratulations to Zach and congratulations to who won the first round. Paul! Congratulations to Paul from High Note Humor. Thanks, everybody, for coming. We will see you next time. Mm, boop!